I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Larry. He has Parkinson's. Let's talk about it. Well, uh, this is going to be an absolute fucking treat on this Friday morning. Uh, We are sitting down with Larry Gifford from uh, all the way up in Vancouver. You might remember Larry from such Sick Sick Boy Podcast episodes. Sick Pod uh, Boycast? Sick Pod Boycast (laughs) episodes. Uh, From back in 2018, we had Larry on. We did an episode called When Life Gives You Parkinson's with Larry Gifford. And then uh, we had him on again. Uh, We titled that one Shake It Off Parkinson's with Larry. Uh, in 2020, uh, April of 2020. And we're back again for the third time. Um, and this is, uh, so, you know, Larry, uh, president and co-founder of the PD Avengers, which we're going to be getting into big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a global alliance to end Parkinson's <laughs> disease. Um, Larry was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease at the age of 45. And we had Larry on to talk about Parkinson's. And uh, both times were a blast. We love you, Larry. We love coming out to Vancouver. We love the hospitality that you've shown us every time we've come out to your beautiful city. Um, And the last time we were out there, we did a live show Mm -hmm. uh, at the Biltmore Cabaret. And Larry came down to the show to shoot the shit, hang out before and after the show. And him and I got to chatting. And man, Larry, you've like, you have done and seen and heard some shit. (laughs) <laughs> since the last time we have had you on the podcast, and I just couldn't wait to get back, get you back on. So, Larry, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to uh, sit down and chat with us today. Um, for the folks who might not have listened to the episodes back in 2018 and 2020, uh, give yourself a little introduction to our listeners. Sure. Um, so, my name is Larry Gifford. I'm now 51 years old. Um, I'm married uh, for 23 years to my wife, Rebecca. I have a 13-year-old son, Henry. Um <clears throat> Parkinson's was not part of my bucket list. So, <laughs> so when I, I would was say, di- take yeah. it off. <laughs> so when I, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, it was kind of a shock. Um, and so we, um, we, we didn't know what to do with that kind of diagnosis. It was um, for about eight months there. I thought I would find the answers in, in the bottom of a liquor bottle. And that didn't, that didn't yeah. turn out very well. So I started looking <laughs> elsewhere. Did you find any answers at the bottom of those bottles? Or Well, I, I found a lot of headaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no shortage of headaches, I Lots imagine. of tears and anger. And, you know, you, you go through the, uh, the, the you, you mourn your past life and you, mm, yeah. you thought it was going to be your future. Uh, because this is a uh, an incurable, currently incurable disease. It's a progressive degenerative uh, so over the course of time, you, you you get worse and worse and worse. So it's Ooh. it's really like a slow motion lobotomy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, uh, I I I decided at one point I was listening to a podcast and I heard uh, Dr. Ray Dorsey say, uh, and he's a one of the one of the big uh, 
Parkinson's neurologist, he said, if people with Parkinson's don't start sharing their stories, we'll never get enough of attention uh, to, to raise enough money to do enough research to do anything about it. It's right. been around for 200 years. They don't know really why you get it uh, and who gets it and what triggers it and or how to cure it. And we just have this one pill from the 1960s that we're all still using uh, just mm. to mask the symptoms. But we there's no disease altering medications at this point. Which is which is so like so starkly different from cystic fibrosis, yeah. you know. Like like when you look at what you just said, um, I mean, nineteen sixties taking the same drug that there, there doesn't seem to be much innovation happening in the in the world of Parkinson's treatment. Whereas with cystic fibrosis in nineteen sixty, if you were born with CF in nineteen sixty, your life expectancy oh was like fifteen, <clears throat> and yeah. and now today the life expectancy is fifty two. I mean, I've seen your. Well, no, I, I mean, it, it's mu- and now it must be changed with trichaster. I mean, being well, I mean, the, the the you know the statistics haven't come in yet. It will, will, it'll take us probably another ten years. To I mean, find like I've out seen that your life, life expectancy ex- is now like you know probably seventy five. Like I've seen your life life expectancy change in real time, yes, like yes. every year. Yeah, yeah, which is so fucking crazy to me because Parkinson's is, you know, if we're lo- if we're if we're putting these two diseases in the ring to battle it out, right. I mean that's a that's a that's a match that's a matchup that, that is, is a, a that's matchup. a UFC matchup that I would have a hard time betting on you know like the the it's a pickums fight and and both diseases are brutal um, yet we are seeing like such a lack of of forward innovation in the in the world of Parkinson's treatment which is really it, wild Larry is that is that because I mean I'm sure I'm I'm sure it doesn't I'm sure it's not boiled down to one reason but I'm wondering about like Parkinson's at least at least on the f- superficially seems um, seems sort of like relevant in pop culture, I think, but but not really below the surface of Michael J. Fox. Like you hear Michael J. Fox, that I think that's I think that's a that's a connection that I, most people make with Parkinson's disease. He yeah. he definitely He's brought it into the into the public consciousness. Um, when uh, when he was diagnosed, which I don't know how long ago that was now, probably decades ago. ago now. It's been over thirty years. Wow. And um, but like underneath that, I'm, I don't really hear much about it, other than like the link with with um, with him. And so is it is it is it part like the 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 um, popularity, if you know what I mean by that, like the the the, the pop culture sort of uh, it being in the pop culture psyche, mixed with is it just a really, really hard disease to figure out? I'm, sh- I'm that must be the the the, well, the under the the the, the, the uh, iceberg under the water sort of portion of it. How challenging of a disease it is to figure out? Yeah, well, the brain's complicated, and science takes time. Um, and so, in this case, um, if if you are looking to make a ding in the world as a scientist researcher. This is a tough disease to tackle because right. um, you, they don't. They, you're basically um, the only test they can give you to determine if you really have Parkinson's is an autopsy, and so whoa, yeah. So there's no biomarkers at this point. So it's uh, like th- CTE. It's like it's like it, it's happening in the bur- in the brain. We, right. we can't really get in there and tell you what's going on until and you're so, dead. And, and then that what they see is the 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 end of a crime scene. They don't see. Yeah. They don't know how the crime happened. And so they have all these theories, and so they're chasing, you know, uh, you know, uh, 
different different routes. And so they get really excited about one one way. And so everybody puts their efforts behind that one way. And then they go, oh, no, let's change direction over here. Right. Um, and so like right now, uh, people are really excited about mitochondria. Uh, a couple of years ago, they were really excited about uh, alpha-synuclein. So they're, they're looking for wh- where are we going to find that nugget? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think the other thing that really holds us back is we don't have enough funding for research, like from the governments, because... Parkinson's, Parkinson's on its surface doesn't seem like it's that bad. Yeah, yeah, you tremor a little bit, but there's like over 40 symptoms and most of them are non-motor and most of them you can't see. And mm-hmm. like, we just feel it. Like right now, like I've probably experiencing five or six different symptoms right now that you can't see, including like my feet are numb and I can't feel the mm-hmm. floor. And um, that's part of neuropathy, which was part of, you know, part of uh, Parkinson's and, you know, like I can't pee normally because of Parkinson's, you know, like, because Parkinson's, what it does is it controls every um, non-motor function you have, the, 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 the parts of the brains that are affected, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, and so if you, like at night, I act out my dreams because I don't, my, my oh, body's right. not paralyzed. I remember you telling me this when we saw you last Like night. charades? Well, it's more like a violent fight because right. Parkinson's have really violent dreams. And so there's been times where I've gotten really close to hitting my wife. And so now we sleep in separate beds. Oh, wow. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I did that once. I, my ex-wife, I, actually, I accidentally punched her in the face in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of a, a spastic dream I had and like haymakered her right in the face. And, yeah. uh, and I felt so, so bad. Um, but, I imagine. Uh, but it wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't Parkinson's. That was just, yeah. that was just. A restless sleep, but yeah. what's but what's interesting about that? And I mean, maybe I'm just totally fucking out to lunch here. But like, I wonder if there is some connection there. And and but what I mean by to that me is punching Bridie in the face. But what I mean by that is like, you know, is why you did that because you are experiencing for like just a totally independent one-off sort of like thing that might happen with Larry yeah. like every time he goes to sleep it's I, like you just for whatever reason experience I, I, I took one night I, yeah I took some Molly and uh, like, okay and, and I was trying to get to sleep now we're figuring yeah. it out you know, now so we're like, pulling the thread <laughs> 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 now we're getting somewhere <laughs> my motor function was uh, under the influence right yeah well, but that's the same thing it's just, it was paralyzed right so yeah 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 you didn't do what it was supposed to do it's right. like that, that, that happens for, like Word recall or, you know, just like right now my executive my executive functioning, which is like when you have to do complex problem solving or like put together a big presentation or whatever, that that, that there's measurable decrease in my abilities to do that. Right. Um, do you find that hard as, as a, so I guess we, we didn't really, we didn't really talk about this uh, at length, but you have a podcast called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Um, so you've been, you've been <clears throat> an avid patient advocate for Parkinson's in Canada. Um, and I mean, we'll get to this, but like, you've been working with the WHO, you've, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're an ambassador at the upcoming world Parkinson's Congress in 2023 in Barcelona. Um, Barcelona. and so, uh, Dona has a banana. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, uh, so, so, um, Oh, where was I going? Oh, right. You, you were saying that your executive function uh, or even like, you know, trying to put things together like presentations is kind of hard. Do you find it hard as a podcast producer and a podcast host? I mean, you also work as the national director for talk radio for Chorus Entertainment. Like, does your job, do you find it hard to do the work that you do I with, do. The, with the, the ways that Parkinson's is affecting you mentally outside of just your physical body? 
knowing what I how I used to be versus what I can do today, it's it's entirely frustrating because everything yeah. takes me two or three times longer to do. Ugh, yeah. Like it can take me up to you know, two two or three <laughs> hours to write a good email. Right, man. Chat GPT must be like blowing your mind right now. Like, <laughs> oh, are you, are wow! You, like, are you putting that shit to use? Because, like, dude, it would uh, that would change that would change the game. That would right. change the game. Yeah. Probably would. Yeah. Hey, look, Brian's showing up. Brian's here. Hello, Brian. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the studio, Brian Stever. Everybody, what's, a, what, what's, what's up, buddy? Up? Uh, honestly, Larry, I, uh, I I don't do this everywhere. I don't look at my calendar for like uh, twenty four hours at a time. But when I when I realized that I was missing the start of this recording, <laughs> if this had happened with like a guest that I didn't know, I might I might go. Guys, might I don't gone, think guys, I'm make you guys it. Take this one. Yeah. But because it was you, I was like, <laughs> I'm fucking gone. Brian. What <laughs> Brian? What kind of like? What was your <clears throat> what was your like dilemma this morning with deciding what kind of sweater to wear? <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish people could see you. You look like a fucking eraser, dude. <laughs> this is what it looks like when you rush out of your house to come see one of your favorite people and so I, sit down and join so, a conversation. So, yeah. Brian, I'll, I'll get you caught up here. We've been talking to uh, Larry Gifford, again, the president and co-founder of the PD Avengers uh, and host of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. And uh, we were just talking about how, um, you know, Parkinson's, uh, hasn't really there. There hasn't been a lot of forward progress in the in terms of the uh, the the way that like medical advancements have come for other diseases like like Parkinson. So you know the the same drug that they were taking in the '60s is what is being given out today. Um, and you know we we just haven't seen like in comparison to CF, like we just really haven't seen much of a. Um, a, a, a large leap forward in the advancements of the treatment. Um, and Larry was just telling us about how, you know, the way his life is changing before his very eyes right now is making it really hard for him to do the things that he is set out to do as the national director of talk radio for course entertainment. And, you know, the, the host for, um, when life gives you Parkinson's and also, uh, I'd love to get into this, but, um, you know, Larry, you are, you were chosen to be uh, a participant at the world health organization's workshop, addressing the public importance of Parkinson's disease. So is that, is that in line with the work that you're going to be doing as an ambassador at the, uh, at the World Parkinson Congress, or are those two separate things? Those are two separate things. Um, this is part of sort of the PD Avengers. So the PD Avengers was created uh, in 2020, uh, right at the start of the pandemic because I was bored. Um, and there's a new <laughs> book that came out called uh, Ending Parkinson's Disease. It said, it, you know, for the most part, most people's Parkinson's is probably triggered by man-made um, issues. Uh, the, 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 the Industrial Revolution really uh, advanced Parkinson's and, and made it more global. So like pollutants are... Yeah. are well, wow, interesting. Herbicides, pesticides. Oh, wow. Uh, to toxic glues. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's all sorts of, of things out there. And so like um, we... we um, the the, the um, WHO... Um, one, one, well, one of the things we want to do with PD Avengers was really bring uh, more urgency to the idea of ending Parkinson's disease and 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 having uh, better quality of life for people who uh, are, are are living with it today. Um, and so we have uh, currently now we're two year two and a half years in, and we have uh, 115 world organizations, global organizations, starting with the Michael J. Fox Foundation on down. Uh, in uh, that are partners of ours uh, that are collaborating with us that we're meeting with monthly, and then we have 6,200 
individual members to the PD Avengers from 93 different countries that have vowed to collaborate and, and to advocate uh, around Parkinson's. And we sort of set the, the global agenda and then they activate things locally depending on, on how they can do it. Because, you know, like in parts of Africa, if you have Parkinson's, they think you're cursed. Well, that's a stigma that the, you know, in the U.S. and Canada, we don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. But our problem is people think I'm drunk if I've got dyskinesia as I'm walking down the street, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. there's still education to be done. Um, and so what we're trying to do is really crank up the urgency. And so the World Health Organization a bit came about because I heard about this workshop that was going to be held. Uh, and I know some some guys that were being invited to it. Uh, one of them um, was Ray Dorsey, who I mentioned earlier, who was the inspiration for the podcast. And he also wrote the book Ending Parkinson's Disease with his colleagues. And I said, hey, Ray, uh, what's going on with this? He goes, oh, it's just uh, we're it's the first time the WHO is really getting serious about Parkinson's. So I'm like, how do I get invited? He goes, well, hang on. And, and he sent an email. And he goes, uh, like 10 minutes later, goes, dear Dr. Gifford. It was from the WHO. Oh, yeah, like, dude, that must feel good. Uh, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so I was the only person with Parkinson's in this room with 30 experts from around the world. Um, and I took most of the talk time uh, because they, <laughs> they didn't know what they were in for. Um, but we, we worked for a year on developing a plan um, that turned out to be a technical brief for the United Nations member states on how they need to, in the next 10 years, adapt all their policies to better treat people with Parkinson's. And, wow. and, yeah. So that's that was really rewarding. Uh, this summer, uh, the World Parkinson Congress in Barcelona, this happens every three years. This will be because of COVID. This, it's been four years. <laughs> um, and this is where scientists, researchers, organizations and patients and their, their uh, care partners, we all end up in, in the same um, uh, same conference and we learn from each other. Uh, it's really the only uh, Parkinson's uh, conference in the world where you, you'll see the patient advocates talking yeah. to the researchers, talking to the neurologists and the, cool. yeah, yeah, the have, geneticists. Have you, have you gone before? Yeah, I went uh, in, uh, I guess it was 2019, uh, and it was in Japan. Uh, and I was just there as a, just a guy with Parkinson's on a podcast. Uh, and now I'm going as an ambassador. So I've been meeting over the course of the last four four years and help wow. plan. And then I'm also speaking, I think, four or five times. So wow, I, like like as a patient who gets to who gets to be involved in a conference that is also being attended by not just patients but like researchers and specialists and physicians. What kinds of things as a patient advocate are you learning at at these types of events? that that like <clears throat> that benefit you as a patient um uh you know like i know that when we speak to researchers on the show especially we, like when we talk to researchers about like stuff pertaining to cystic fibrosis for me it's like all i really take from it is wow that's cool you know like <laughs> like wow i like I, what can i do i don't know like fucking wow, but wow though that's fucking neat so like what when you're going and you're taking part in the way that you are what is it like? What are you gleaning from that? What What are you able to take from those experiences? More than take, well, I take a lot from it. Uh, just building relationships because uh, a lot of questions come up, and I've become sort of a, a global resource. People reach out every day asking me questions, and I don't get about medical advice, but I, I can reach out and connect people. Um, but but I, I like to provoke. 
<laughs> and challenge <laughs> and 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 make sure that they've they've done their due diligence uh, and not that they you know not that I mean these researchers and these scientists are working really hard uh, and I know that and I appreciate everything they do uh, but I like to you know push them a little bit like okay so you you have this theory so uh, you know you know time is brain buddy so the longer you go the less brain I've got mm. so how fast can we do this so it can benefit me you know, if you're if you're entering phase one trials right now, you're you're at least five years away from phase three. Yeah. Like, dude, I, that's, um, that's five years of brain time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what five are, years that, you know, you might not even have. Right. Yeah. What are some of the things like when you go, I think kind of similar along similarly along the same lines as what Jer was saying there, like when, you you know, when you when and, and not just not things on medical stuff, but like any big sort of like congregation, I feel like. I feel very similarly to what Jared said there. Like you kind of have this like, oh wow, oh wow, that's cool that they got together and did that. And then when 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 it when it's over, like what 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 is actionable after that? Like what are some of the things that that end up getting traction after events like these that become actionable and useful in the Parkinson's community? Well, what what I do through the organization is I, I then get to highlight some of the some of the research that's going on and if they need uh, recruitment for um, you know people with parkinson's or, or 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 whatever like i can highlight the certain things that i th- i think are interesting and and viable mm. um, and, and and help give them the exposure they need cuz now i have a, a, an army of of people uh, and organizations that are willing to um, send out messages and 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 push uh, in the direction that we think it has the most opportunity Mm. Um, and so we, we, like, for instance, um, we, uh, we, we, we worked with the authors of the book and we put together a red letter campaign in the United States and we spent 50,000 red letters to the white house, uh, in 2021. What, what uh, is a What is a red letter? Larry? It's so, a letter, so, a letter on red paper. It's on red paper. And we sent, just sent them to Joe Biden. Uh, and we had three to de- three demands. And uh, one of uh, what, the first demand was we wanted the elimination of three very specific, uh, um, drugs or, or chemicals. Uh, one was Paraquat, which is uh, a herbicide that's used uh, very liberally in the United States, but is banned in over 50 countries, including China. Wow. Uh, and if you have a spoonful of it, it will kill you. Um, and they spray about 14 million pounds of it on our crops every year. Ew. Um, and then there's another one called um, uh, tri- uh, trichloroethylene, which is like a um, used in uh, currently it's it's used in industrial uh, uh, cleaners and then dry cleaners. Um, and uh, previously it was used as um, a decaffeinate. Uh, they used it in decaffeinated coffee. OK. Um, yeah. yeah uh, this stuff is nasty. Um, and then there's another one that um, was it's not only causing uh triggering Parkinson's, but causing cancer in kids and everything else. So since we sent those red letters, the we have a, one, one has been uh, banned. The other one's under review by the uh, EPA to be banned. Holy shit. Uh, and the, uh, the third one uh, was just rebuked by the EPA saying it is, uh, it, it, it has, um, it, it poses a, a, a danger and a risk to human life. Holy wow. shit. That is really like that. I got to say there other people, sorry, were there other people reaching out like with these red letters for the, for this particular thing or like, or do you know that? Or do you, or, or like, do you feel like you guys were, are the, 
like well, these bannings are the direct result of the letters that you had sent. Well, you do that plus you work behind the scenes. So then you're working right. with with Congress and you're working with lawmakers to 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 make sure they're aware of what you're doing. So you you you, you even during like we're trying to take learn lessons from the people that have come before us and stand on their shoulders. Right, right. The right, AIDS right. activists, the breast cancer activists, uh, yeah. and, and you have to go at it like three or four different ways. And so uh, you you want the 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 stunt, but you behind the scenes you want to be talking about and, and getting people on your side. And so right now, uh, last summer, it was introduced in the Senate and the House, uh, a, a the bill to end Parkinson's disease, the, 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 the largest, most comprehensive, uh, it's really the only uh, Parkinson's focused legislation ever introduced in the, into, into Congress. And it didn't get voted on, but they're going to reintroduce it this year. Uh, we had uh, over uh, 70 uh, co-sponsors. It's, it's bipartisan and it's basically will establish a group to study how much, how many uh, government resources are going towards Parkinson's oh, and, make rec- and we'll, we'll make recommendations over the course of the next uh, 10 years. I, I um, got to say, Larry, that's like that. And I, I really, when I asked that question about like what's actionable, like that is, and I think it's, it's, it's direct, but I think it's less like when I think pe- when, when, when I asked that question, I, I think I, I, I think I thought, and I think a lot of people would think of things that are, that sound more direct in terms of like medications or pharmaceuticals or stuff like that. But really that is that sounds like it could possibly be like one of the best most actionable things because it's it's targeting potentially a piece of the root that is causing some of this shit and and not only that for parkinson's but also for like the list of shit that is on shit oh, that yeah. we shouldn't be consuming is yeah. absolutely insane. And like, you know, you mentioned this herbicide that every country bans except for, you know, a handful, including the U S you know, the same thing can be said for ingredients in sunscreen and, uh, and deodorants. It's like, it's like, it seems like Europe has known that this shit is going to kill you in some way or another for decades, but we just haven't made that. We just haven't made that choice. And people, people pay the price for that over years or decades of exposure in the form of Parkinson's or mm-hmm. different forms of cancer. And, and, uh, and I don't want to sound like the, you know, the conspiracy theorist guy or like, it's, you know, it's, it's big, it's big deodorant, but like it's because of money and it yeah. sucks. Well, but uh, maybe at the root of it is money, but the researchers that I've met want to, make a difference. They're, yeah. they're not, they're not, not solving this because they, they're holding out for big bucks or no, no. I, and what I mean by that is that, is that, um, that the manufacturers of products that use these things, you know, they use them because it helps them produce more more efficiently and at the expense of, at, at the human cost, at the expense of, hu- of, of the human cost. Yeah. I, and it's, it's interesting because, uh, I, having lived in both the U S and, and Canada, 
I see the pros and cons of the healthcare systems in each. And and, and one of the one of the pros is in Canada we don't have the commercials for the for the drugs. Like in, mm. in the U.S., if you watch U.S. TV, like there's commercials. If you have Parkinson's disease, ask your doctor about blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> you have know. such a good radio voice. Do you have your own podcast? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so so that's that's frustrating. But like. I, what, what I'm so encouraged by is like right now is, is there's sort of a revolution happening in Parkinson's. And so you're actually seeing now um, in, in pop culture, there's a, there's a, there's a show now that has a lead character that has Parkinson's, but it's just sort of a secondary byline. So you're starting to see things happen like that. Uh, and then, and then it's not just about the old white guy anymore. Parkinson's is, is indiscriminate and will, will hit anybody of any age, of any gender, of any ethnicity in any country. Uh, in fact, uh, if you live in a uh, first world country, you're more likely to get Parkinson's because uh, you have more um, toxins and pollutants and, uh, you know, industrial waste and... Oh, right. Sludge. Right. Sludge. Sludge. and Sludge. That's so crazy. I, I just want to say, Larry, like part of the reason why I was so excited to come in and see you this morning, even though I was late, is uh, is because like you're the, the Larry Gifford glow up over the oh, last dude. like I know. four years of like the first time we spoke to you being, uh, you know, like finding out that you had Parkinson's to starting a podcast to becoming the director of an organization be making all of this difference and it's it's so your journey is so i like i i don't want to use this word too too lightly but like it's it's been really inspiring to watch you do that and it makes me think or wonder like how has um your health been through because like this is a progressive disease and yeah. and you know like you've been progressing to do so much work to to like advocate and raise awareness, but how, how has the disease been affecting you at the same time? Well, I talked about the executive functioning, but like uh, really the last year uh, for Parkinson's, I've been on a kind of a a plateau. I found, you know, I take tons of medication every day. I take pills every two hours uh, and I've been able to maintain where I'm at. Uh, But I'm, you know, I, there's things that are noticeably advancing but for me having the my job and my family and and the pd avengers really motivates me to keep going i'm gonna feel like crap whether i'm sitting at a desk or whether i'm out in the street or whether i'm flying or what like this isn't going to change the way i feel so uh i'm gonna suck it up and do what i can do while i can um because uh because i can't i mean like I'd, i'd rather go out there and make some noise and, and at least try to make a difference mm. than, than just go, oh, well, I feel like crap today. I'm just going to sit on the couch again. Yeah. I feel I, like, I feel like it's such a, um, you know, like there's, there's so much purpose in, in living that way and, and, yeah. and doing these things. Like, like I, I'm, I feel like this is a question that we usually ask towards the end of the show. Like, I mean, what is this given you? But I'm, I'm curious about that. That like, you before your Parkinson's diagnosis versus you now and, and the sort of purpose that you feel in the work that you do, is there a difference or did you always feel that in your work? Oh no, this has definitely given me purpose in my life. I thought I knew I had purpose. I thought my purpose was to be on the radio and to do radio and to 
make a difference in communities. And, uh, and I've done that, but, but I, it was just preparing me to be able to yeah. know how to leverage all the platforms that I've learned how to use Yeah, in order to make a difference with Parkinson's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I am going to end Parkinson's. Yeah. That's you're, my life journey. Yeah. You're a connector, you know, like, like radio is connection. Yeah. Uh, radio is human connection. You are a connector, you know, like you're, you're taking the, the work that you have done your entire life and you're utilizing it the way that it makes sense for you as a patient advocate. And that's fucking, I mean, that's awesome. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. One thing that I, that I would love to kind of talk to you about, and I know this isn't your story to tell, but but I'd love to kind of get into it because we, you and I had a really interesting conversation in Vancouver at the live show prior to the show, um, and or maybe it was after the show, but either way, it was like we were just on a tear talking about this thing that blew my mind wide open, and mm. it, it it's it's a story that's like that seems almost like cracked science, you know? It's like it seems totally out there, but you were talking to me about and if i if i remember this correctly there was a patient uh or 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 a a patient's loved one um who was getting involved in some research with people that you knew because they had an innate ability to be able to smell parkinson's on other people is this yeah. do i have this right yeah so joy milne uh, is from scotland uh, and her husband had Parkinson's, but she didn't. So they they were married, and he, he's he's passed now. Uh, but she's um, she ten years before he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, his smell changed, like his musk or his odor just changed. And she's like, and she was like, you gotta put on deodorant. You gotta we gotta buy you some new clothes because and 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 then when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, they went to a, a support group meeting and everybody there smelled like her husband less. And she's like, <laughs> what the heck? And so she, she was at a, just sort of a, you know, an informational meeting with researchers and she raised her hand and asked, has anybody done research on the smell of Parkinson's? And they're and Parkinson's, one of the early, early symptoms is that you lose your sense of smell. And that's what they thought she was talking about. Yeah. She goes, no, no, no. The odor of Parkinson's. And they're like, uh, we don't know anything about it, but then then they started talking to colleagues, and they're like, "Well, your dogs can smell cancers, and and, and there are people. Sure. Like Soma, you think of a sommelier has an extra sensor, sensory nose and taste, and so uh, she is one of those people with a super smeller, and so wow. they, they they did a test um, to just make sure she wasn't like noticing the way people walk or whatever. Mm. Uh, so they blindfolded her. They took. Uh, nine t-shirts made some people, nine people wear them and get sweaty in them. And then they took them off. They cut them in half. So it was 18 fat pieces of fabric. She uh, smelled them. And then uh, she'd say, um, this person has Parkinson's. This person doesn't. And she, and, and she got 16 of the 18 correct. Wow. Whoa, and, then, dude. and then six months later, the 
the the person that she got wrong because she got both both those she's wrong. She said they had Parkinson's. They didn't. Six months later, they were diagnosed with Parkinson's. Whoa, Whoa. that's so wild. That's so it, crazy. I, it would I mean, honestly, that's a superpower. It would suck for her to be in a room with Taylor when he wakes up <laughs> in the morning. Because her Dude. super sniffer would. Yeah, she uh, would. Uh, hey guys, I, that's not true. Don't fucking that, singe, don't, singe her nose hairs. That's not true. <laughs> She'd so, lose so her power. That's so, so they, cool. So they've now done the research and they realize that it's in the sebum. Of the, so the oil that's on your skin. Uh, we have we process extra sebum. People with Parkinson's do, uh, and within that, uh, the there are like nine of the the molecules in there that we have um, like gross amounts of, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have Parkinson's. So they can separate them in like you know how they they they, they whip up the different smells for perfumes and for you know colognes and you know the smells of things and you can whip them through a machine and get the molecular breakout of them they did that with this and then then now they've designed a three-minute test where um they they can take a piece of fabric and put it in the machine for three minutes and they can tell you if you have parkinson's or not so this Whoa. is essentially possibly the biomarker that it could be. It could be one of the biomarkers. Yeah, we're, we're we are about six months away from having three or four different biomarkers for Parkinson's, which will just open the floodgates of research. And you said that before, like there, uh, as of as of today, I guess there are, there, there, there are, are none officially. Right. And what are the other what are the other ones that are are they are they like molecules as opposed to something that's like I mean scent scent is like really tangible. It feels like it's, right. it's like. The easier than taste is there taste ones? is taste one. Well, no. <laughs> Brian's Brian, Brian Brian's looking. Brian's wondering if he can get a tester job. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's um, so th- there's they're looking at the blood. Uh, there's some um, so, some uh, some parts of the blood that they think that they can uh, they can detect alpha synuclein. Okay. Um, there is a, uh, another test where they, um, uh, it's, it's oh, the, the eyesight test. And then there's, um, oh, there's one other one. I can't remember what, what it is right now. Uh, but they, they're, they're getting to where they're testing them in phase one, phase two, hopefully they'll get to phase three soon. Uh, and then they'll be able to be, you know, manufactured for, for use. Did you say with Joy Milne and her husband that she noticed the smell a decade before he got diagnosed? Yeah, I mean not 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 that not that not that he got it ten years later, but like that that there's like is there anything is there and I I know it's one person and it's you know that's that's makes it hard to extrapolate very much with any with something when it's the sample size is one, but like. Does that point to being able to detect it in some way, like way earlier? And what kind of benefit? What kind of benefit comes along with being uh, diagnosed at a at an earlier stage in terms of like treatment options and that sort of thing? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So she smelled it ten years before he was diagnosed, and there there is the prevailing. Well, we know now for sure you get Parkinson's, and, and but you don't get diagnosed until you've had it for. We don't know if it's birth or whatever, but you have Uh, to lose about 80% of your dopamine producing brain cells before uh, you, you, the symptoms begin to show. So you wouldn't go to the doctor and say, I think I have Parkinson's because you wouldn't know. Um, And then, um, so the benefit of being diagnosis before the onset of symptoms 
is it's that's that could be called a cure because if you uh, if, if you can if you can identify it before the onset, then you figure out how to stop it. And uh, do you know how many diseases we've cured, truly cured, ever? One, smallpox. Uh, Whoa! Really? Everything else is just we've just learned how to keep it from onsetting. Right. right. Wow. That's such an interesting stat because like when we talk about I mean we've had the debate about like is cancer curable now or not um like my mom had cancer she is in remission <laughs> for all intents and purposes she doesn't have cancer is she cured like technically no but is she I don't know like right. to me she is <laughs> so so it's such an interesting way like it's to hear you say that. I didn't know that the stat was only one, and I didn't know that it was smallpox. But like, even I thought with we cured Hep C, didn't we? Mm. No, we've yeah. learned how it not to onset. Oh wow! Right, because we did. There, there is like a thing about. I don't know enough about it. If, if you cured it, then we wouldn't have any treatments for it. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I see like what you mean. Eradication. Eradication. Yes, yeah. right, right, uh, yes. right. I see what you mean. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing the difference. I, I'm yeah. seeing the delineation between the yeah. two things now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. no one's getting smallpox today. Right. No. Right. Yeah. Wow. People are still getting Hep C, but it can be treated and it can, can be cured, but it's not. And people are right. still getting polio in New York. Yes. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I mean, like, is there is there do do you know if there's any kind of science behind the use of CRISPR and like stem cells, like, is there something going on there where? Yeah, there's a lot of research going on in stem cells right now. Um, and again, that would be a temporary, that would, that would just sort of mask the symptoms, kind of like the deep brain stimulation. So that's brain surgery. Uh, it's probably, they're probably very similar where they would just fill your substantia Niagara with a bunch of new dopamine producing brain cells. Uh, but again, likelihood is that they would start getting killed off again, but it may take a decade or so. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like not, they're not addressing the the core issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like like trichafta in a sense where it's not a cure. Yeah, it's not a cure. It's just a really great treatment. It's a really great it's just treatment. A really, yeah. It, and yeah, I'll it take delay, it. It just delays. Yeah. It just delays the progression. You know, right? Uh, Larry, there was there was one thing you said earlier that I was kind of curious about. Um, you were saying about like you, your own physical changes. You, you were saying that you can't pee correctly. Do you, like, do you have to use a catheter? Or, like, what is the what's the well, pee I, situation? I was just at the urologist yes, uh, this week, and he said I I could if I wanted to. I'm like, no, I don't really want to. Uh, the way that it works is like when when you uh, when when you uh, have to pee, uh, there's little flaps within your you know urethra and stuff, and so the pee comes out and opens up and so when I get the urge to pee, it blocks it so that the flap doesn't come up correctly. Oh no. Um, and so it could take me, like I have the urgency to pee, but then but I you can't just can't pee. get it out. You can't let it out. Oh, and there's dude, really no, really no medication for it. That's the worst feeling. Does like, it burn? I, I've had that when I was in the hospital, like when I had surgery and, and I don't know why, I don't know why I couldn't pee. I just like, couldn't get it out. It was like, I had to pee. It's just not, like shock. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. The body just goes, like, nah, nah. Yeah, well, like I can't. That, that's part of the dopamine system. Is like you're trying to send a message to parts of your body to do things, and yeah. it's like, uh, still f you. Like, oh, <laughs> this is, dude, oh. yeah. is there like a? Because I had a similar experience in the hospital after I got hit. I did. And when you're in the hospital, they tell you they're like, "We're gonna have to catheterize yeah. you because your bladder has to yeah. empty." They're like, yeah. "If you don't do this by this time, you're gonna, po- it, you're gonna po- is, like poison is, yourself." Is that a conversation where your doctor, your urologist, is like? 
if this progresses, gets any worse, I mean, we just got to go the catheter route because we don't, we don't want to damage. He's, he's like, we, we teach you how to do a self catheterization. Yeah. Which I'm not in favor of. Dude, no, uh, they, of course they, not. They also could do Botox in your prostate, but then, huh. you, it, then it would just be open all the time and you would just leak. Oh. Right. Right. Dude, that yeah. sounds like a, then you'd, you'd kind of be like, you get to like chill in diapers. Like that, that'd be fucking, yeah. Well, that, that's a good, would you rather? So would Dude, you chilling rather? in diapers is not great when you know you're chilling in a diaper. Like I see Zaya, my daughter, and I'm like, I think it's all in how you, it's I, I think cool. it's all, I think it's all in how you think about it. Like I could get behind the idea of sitting in a diaper and pissing in my diaper, not pooping. I don't think I could do the dookie in the diaper, but no. peeing in a diaper, peeing in a diaper, just chilling. As long as I like, because I'm, I'm cool with my own pee. It would take a rewiring. It, it would. Ta- it yeah, would yeah, take a. It yeah, would yeah. take a lengthy. But what rewiring. I mean, what I mean is that, um, that's a rewiring that I could, I could believe myself to do. Fair I enough. could be into. I, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Okay, so would you rather? <laughs> well, okay, so, okay. So, well, into it is a. Di- we're getting into a different. I kind of like it. <laughs> Guys, I think this is a really good. Would you rather? Because it's sort of what Larry's facing is like. Would you rather have it always open? Go the Botox right. route, or would you rather self catheterize? Right, yeah, yeah. I guess what's the yeah, or just sit on the on the pot for <laughs> you know ten minutes trying to pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, right. then there's hemorrhoids. I take hemorrhoids. That. Yeah, the, you do have hemorrhoids there. Yeah. Well, here, you know what? You know, yeah, what, I actually, sit on the you know I what? sit on the toilet for that long. Anyway, have you ever? Now this is now I, I'm not sure what what everyone's experience with this is, but I'm but I'm again we're always trying to relate to our guests and try to figure out like what is that what is that like you know you have this symptom. What does that feel like? Is there anything that I've experienced that's sort of like that that I can under, you know understand what you're going through? And uh, don't laugh. Immediately post erection, trying to pee. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. For right? Sure. Is that is it Wait. similar? Is it similar to that? Because uh, I can't pee. Like I sit down on the toilet and I go, "It's there. I have the urgency." It right? Happen. Yep. It it's happen. very similar. Very okay. similar. I, I just pee on my well, chin. Oh, 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 now I just can't get an erection either. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> oh, another, no, God another blue chews. Like you can't get on the blue chew train or anything like that. Well, oh, I got the blue chew. Yeah, that's why. Did, uh, yeah. Does blue chew work? Yeah. Is this, Man, is this a euphemism for our Viagra? Viagra. I, I, Viagra. Well, well, blue chew is a, is a, is a brand of like chewable, Boner pills, like an oh, off-brand well, I, uh, that, that you can order online. Like oh, I could order I blue chew for me right now. Viagra. I got Viagra. Yeah, same. No, no, same yeah. Viagra. I mean, it's, it's same idea as Viagra. I think it's just a little bit more like over-the-counter type shit. Probably, it's probably like an off, an off, like a no, like a. It's like the name. it's like the twenty-four-hour bowl, like like uh, what the, the the stuff you used to buy at the gas station. Five-hour Five energy? energy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's, no boner pills. Like you could buy boner. Remember, you could buy boner pills at the gas station and. Uh, the FDA basically was like, "We gotta put the, we gotta shut this down." Yes, I do. Like the same I, same reason they were called like tw- they were called like twenty four hour bowl. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Bro, a football through a tire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry, uh, give us a little bit of insight into the PD Avengers. I know that. So so just for folks who aren't aware. Uh, pdavengers.com. I just went there. There's a red button said sign up. I signed up. Don't know what I signed up for, but I signed up. So what did I sign up for just now? So first and foremost, you've, what you've said is, yeah, I, uh, I think Parkinson's, uh, we should end Parkinson's. 
basically, and so once you sign up, you can be as active as you want to be or non-active, but with, with numbers, we have more leverage. So I can go and have these conversations with the WHO and, and with Congress people. And, 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 and they take me, they return my phone calls because they know that there's an army behind me. Yeah. Um, and so just having people there, you're going to get a monthly email or two. Uh, giving you updates on things that you can do that are turnkey or um, you can be involved in committees. I mean, you can be, as again, as involved as you want to be. We oftentimes will send out sort of like broad like strokes around um, Parkinson's Awareness Month, like what our theme is, and then, then everybody can decide how to execute that theme at their local level. Nice. Uh, we're not trying to tell people what to do or what to promote or, 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 or how to do what they do because they, they know their community better than we do. What we're trying to do is get everybody aligned so we're not mixing the messages for the for the people who don't know about Parkinson's. Yeah. Now, I want to just say to people who hear that and go, oh, yeah, but I don't have Parkinson's and I don't know anyone with Parkinson's. And so that doesn't really make sense for me to clog up my fucking inbox with a couple of emails every so often, yada, yada, whatever. This is very much like CF Get Loud. And for people who aren't familiar with the work that CF Get Loud did, is that <clears throat> it was a group of, of cystic fibrosis patient advocates who created a social media account to basically get the numbers behind it, the amount of people behind it to that, that made that organization, that group, um, big enough to make enough noise to get the... Uh, the healthcare officials and the, the politicians in Canada to pay attention to how important Trikafta was. If it wasn't for CF Get Loud, Canada might not have access to Trikafta. And for me, that would be fucking bad. Like well, that has like, changed my life drastically just because of the work that Stephanie has done through CF Get Loud. And so this is like that. This is like that. Get And it's like IMALS. Yes, thing. that's right. That's right. So, so uh, you, you know, Regardless of whether whether or not you uh, relate to the Parkinson's fight, um, even just being a part of this group is is like go over and do that because, because at the end of the day, like you said, if you're on the <laughs> if you're on, on the lowest end of like commitment level, once you sign up for this, it's yeah. like at the very least you are you are you're you're another drop in the bucket yeah. that 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 gets heavier and heavier and and you know wields more power yeah, when you're well, trying to do. Let get me stuff just done. let me just scare you a little bit. Right now, there's uh, about 10 million people in the world that have Parkinson's disease. That number is going to double by 2040. Oh, wow. So that's uh -huh. uh, 17 years away. Um, most people are not diagnosed before their 17th birthday. So there are people that are walking around today that have Parkinson's. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. 10 million people. That is very, that is very scary. You just need joy to give you a sniff to figure right. that out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if you can train to become a Parkinson's sniffer. Dude. Dude, that's a good question. I mean, hey, sommeliers yeah. can do it. Yeah, we need that's more. That's right. We need more yeah. of the I think we'll just leave it to fight. the computers. Uh, faster. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm and, saying, and, and Brian, you you're such a fan of AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Larry, uh, give us a little update on uh, when life gives you Parkinson's. What, uh, what's been new in the podcast world um, and uh, what kind of things are you chatting about? Yeah, so I just uh, dropped an episode this week about the, the promise of lithium as a potential um, neuroprotective uh, and uh, disease-modifying drug for Parkinson's. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and, and you microdose it. Even, you know, they use it right now for, um, like, uh, 
people who are uh, manic and who have um, uh, bipolar uh, too. Bipolar, or? yeah, bipolar. Yeah. Uh, and it, you take even less than those folks take. Uh, and this this one researcher is uh, is saying that anecdotally he's he's witnessed this in several of his patients, uh, and. So he started doing the research and he put together this book called The, the Promise of Lithium. Uh, and it's really fascinating. I mean, lithium, you think about this. So lithium is one of the original three elements of the universe. So it was there at the Big Bang. Yeah. Um, so, and it's the lightest metal on earth. You can cut it with a knife. And right now, you know, Elon Musk is trying to get as much of it as he can the, mm-hmm. the, the, because they, that's how you make rechargeable batteries for cars, yeah, for yeah. phones, f- how you make the rechargeable batteries for computers. Uh, and so the cost of lithium has gone up 500% in the last uh, like two or three years. Holy shit. And, you know, there are a few countries that are sitting on a gold mine of it. Uh, some South America, uh, t- t- frankly, the Ukraine has a ton of it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not so certain that might not be why there's a war right now. Um, and um, no one's talking about that angle. Um, and then it, it's, uh, it, it was just a really fascinating read. And, so I, and, and he's a really interesting doctor out of uh, University of Buffalo, uh, put that together. So that, that was a good one. And I talked to um, Muhammad Ali's, uh, one, his eldest daughter, uh, two uh, two episodes ago, uh, about what it was like, uh, you know, really growing up with the dad with Parkinson's, and, <laughs> and you know, as Muhammad Ali's daughter, uh, and and you know, he he used to hide his pills and plants because he didn't like to take them, and uh, but you know, he was yeah. he 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 was he was always exercising and whatnot because exercise is is known to be um, really the only thing they can prescribe to to, to slow down the progression. Um, wow. They don't know again. They don't know why. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so that was a really interesting episode. And I also talked to a neurologist, one of his one of his neurologists, and they just came out recently with a paper um, with approval from the family, uh, and they've they've officially diagnosed him as young onset Parkinson's, uh, as opposed to um, like uh, traumatic brain injury Parkinson's. Oh, okay. Oh, was that the was that the prevailing theory? They thought it was because he got hit in the head too many times. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of people thought that. Right. But but his his symptoms would have been more like CTE and not like traditional Parkinson's. Yeah. That's right. Um, and right. so um, they they've come out with that paper and sort of put the definitive diagnosis. His last three uh, neurologists sort of collaborated on that paper. And uh, cool. I mean that 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 makes a lot more sense because like he he was pretty good at dip, he's pretty good at duck, not getting duck, hit. Dodging and diving, you know, and dodging and dodging. When he yeah. he did he was yeah. suffering from um, symptoms of Parkinson's in his last at least his last three bouts. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's really interesting. And and I mean, he would just be up against the ropes and moving yeah. his head around, not yeah. getting hit at all. Yeah. So um, again, folks, pdavengers.com. Uh, head on over, hit the uh, hit the red button that says sign up. Uh, Larry, where can people find uh, when life gives you Parkinson's? <laughs> Uh, just Google when life gives you Parkinson's and it'll come up on every platform you can think of. Uh, you can go to Apple, you can go to Google, you can go to, you know, S- S- Stitcher or yeah, yeah. TuneIn all, or whatever. All the good ones, all the good yeah. ones. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Larry, dude, we love you, man. It's, you, you guys are great. Thanks for do- doing what you guys do. Hey, hey, I mean, we, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for folks like you. So thank That's you right. for uh, sitting down and chatting with us. 
Brian, thanks for showing up. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no problem. Sorry for being late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, can't wait to see you next time we're in Vancouver. That's yeah, it. Let's, that's let's it. do it. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And, of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.